0: Hello, this is Tammy Hill, and this is the Live Your Why podcast. I am super excited to introduce to you today my good friend and colleague, Anthony Hughes. Anthony, I want to have you tell a little bit about yourself once we get started, but for my listeners, this episode is all about sexuality, sexually transitioning into marriage and honeymoons in particular. So if this is an area of life where you're exploring or someone you know who's transitioning this way, this is the perfect podcast for you. So grab a drink, get your friends, and let's get started. Anthony, thank you so much for being here today. I want my listeners to know a little bit about you. So why don't you tell us about yourself and how we can find you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. Anyone that knows me, though, knows that this is something that's super uncomfortable for me. I'm like the fly on the wall (laughs) sort of guy. I don't need to be like in the spotlight or anything. And so talking about myself is always a little interesting. So I'm a certified sex therapist. There's a handful, maybe two handfuls of certified sex therapists in Utah right now. I own a practice called Covenant Sex Therapy. We have clinics that go from St. George down to Logan. We've got six in Utah, one in Texas. Uh, We're opening in Idaho and we do teletherapy all through Utah. And I teach in the school family life and marriage and family therapy mostly, but I have some undergraduate classes at BYU, kind of like a capstone course, theories, MFT. And uh, my favorite class is teaching at BYU in the MFT program, teaching sex therapies, analysis and treatment of sexual development. And that's really my my specialization, what I focused on in, in school and what I do in my private practice. We meet with people that have a range of issues from Sexual desire, arousal, orgasm, pain, satisfaction, out of control, sexual behavior or sexual addiction, depending on what's helpful for for the people that come in to meet with us. So that's a little bit about me professionally.
0: Yeah, well, you do so much good. And I know that personally, there's often I don't have room for people and I send them to you first and know that they will be able to get excellent care. Well, thank you. So let's jump into our podcast, and I guess we're talking a little bit about honeymoons, and this is the Live Your Why podcast. As as you know, I personally, as a woman, as a a sex therapist and marriage and family therapist and a professor, I really encourage individuals to center their life's decisions around their ultimate goals and their purpose. I like to call this Living Aligned or Living Your Why. So I'm curious, Anthony. What does a healthy sexual relationship in marriage have to do with living aligned?
1: Yeah, I think, um, especially for members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I think that living an authentic or congruent life with their value system and what they hold dear is so crucial and vital for them. And so, and one of the aspects of our our marriage, our relationship, that's extremely important. And I think that you know, we'll struggle, you know, with our eternal progression unless we we work on that is our marital res- relationship in the sexual realm. And so I think making sure to be authentic and congruent and addressing this aspect of one's life and one's relationship is really right in line with that.
0: Mm-hmm. I like what you said that we're eternally progressing and that, that sexually we're also progressing in marriage. Those do go hand in hand.
1: Yeah. I think it's really fascinating because to, to me, I think of it like we so we're created in God's image, therefore we ourselves are working to be creators like him. And I think that God has placed us in uh relationships where we can really create with our spouse and with our spouse and him and create what a good healthy sexual relationship means for us as as couples that will someday be gods and goddesses.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so beautifully put. So As couples are preparing to be married and transition into the honeymoon, what are things you've noticed that can help that be a successful experience? We all know horror stories of newlyweds who get married and the wedding night honeymoon's a disaster. So tell us, what can we do to be better prepared for the honeymoon?
1: Yeah, I think I would say the number one thing is just going into that experience, that honeymoon without any preconceived ideas about what mm-hmm. that should look like. Mm-hmm. We should be able to have intercourse or we should be able to have an orgasm or you know whatever the the ideas are, preconceived notions about what it should look like, toss that out the window. And I think I would just replace that with what's going to make us feel safe, connected, mm-hmm. valued, beautiful, erotic, sexual, um, what's going to make us feel feel pleasure? Any of those things, I think, if that's your aim, that's your goal, and you know, hopefully, you've picked wisely in in that spouse and partner. I think that they'll help you to get there, and you, and and vice versa. Mm-hmm.
0: So taking the focus off of any preconceived ideas that this is what has to happen, just going and and experiencing joy and pleasure, and being good friends with each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that may be highly erotic or um, sexual in nature, but it may not end in intercourse or it may. Or um, it may just be a little different than what you had thought it was going to be. We all have these ideas, these scripts that are available to us through society, and a lot of them are very very unrealistic and especially unrealistic for newlyweds. And so I think it's really important for couples to create what those sexual scripts are are going to be and what's helpful, useful, and realistic.
0: Mm-hmm. So then I'm hearing probably the best way for a couple to really prepare other than, you know, getting some basic knowledge of body functioning and things is to really throw out the expectations and just really go to explore and learn together. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because like you said, there's all these horror stories and we hear them all the time. And a lot of them are a lot of these people just say, I just wish that I would have gone into this without any idea about what it should look like and just enjoy that because now it's a scarring traumatic experience that I had and that we had, right. um, you know, and all the details of, of those scarring experiences that are staying, that staying with me instead of kind of capping off that, that wedding and, and this culmination building to that honeymoon with this really bonding sexual or, uh, pleasurable experience, which it very well, could be and and can be because that's within our control. Our performance is not within our control, whether you've been married one day or one hour or 20 years, our performance is not in our control. But what is in our control are are those things that I had mentioned, you Mm -hmm. know, feeling pleasure or connection or safety. Those are a lot more in our control.
0: Mm -hmm. That's such great advice. I know that as I teach at BYU, I often tell students to once they're married to have sex ASAP. And of course, they all think that means as soon as possible. But what I really mean is I mean as slowly as possible. And I think that kind of matches what you're saying is not to put pressure to rush into things, but to really enjoy the The newness of being together this way and to just experience pleasure and connection, safety. And I believe to me, the heart of a really wonderful sexual relationship is really a dear friendship. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. On a similar note to this, people have asked me over time, like, what should I really be looking for in a spouse and partner? And I think uh, what they should look for generally should also line up with what they look for in, in a sexual partner, which is that friendship piece. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of things that you may, may be on your checklist can come and go or uh, are not as sustaining or as fruitful to me as a good friendship. And I think that if that can translate into the bedroom, then I think that it will be a beautiful journey Mm -hmm. that a couple can go on to Mm -hmm. get
0: together. I totally agree. That was beautifully said. So then describe your ideal honeymoon. What would you think an ideal honeymoon looks like?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of time for the the couple to, you know, do all the things that we like to do, maybe go, whether they're an adventurous couple or just a couple that likes to sit and have long conversations, plan time for for those things, because those are so crucial to the sexual relationship. That's the foreplay, you know, whatever that may be for that couple or for for some of the individuals, that stuff's all the, the foreplay that's so vital and important to the sexual relationship. So I think that the beginning of one's next sexual experience um, starts as soon as the, the prior one's over. So as mm-hmm. soon as that sexual uh, relationships over, let's say after after play is done, which most couples <laughs> don't do after play, but once after play is done now is the beginning of the next sexual experience. So obviously make sure that you have, you know, tons of time that you're able to spend doing those things rather than just prizing um, being in the bedroom and, you know, doing whatever you had planned, you uh, You know, rather than just prioritizing that, really making sure that you have this other time because that's probably what's happened in the overall relationship, which has led to all this sexual tension Mm -hmm. or excitement that the couple feels. And then as soon as they get married, a lot of that stuff gets tossed out the window and they're not doing those things and they're coming home from a busy day at school or work or stress from whatever. And instead of working on those aspects of the relationship that are just as important. As physical touch um, might be for a sexual encounter, they they they'll just uh, circumvent all of those things and they'll go right to the to the bedroom. And then they'll find years later or months later that their what their sexual relationship entails is hollow and shallow and not anything like their overall relationship. So I'd say to plan for that. But I would say being open to different possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for specifically talking about being in the bedroom, taking time to be okay with a flaccid penis rather than thinking, "I've got to get an erection," she's got has got to see me with an erection, otherwise I'm going to be super embarrassed, mm-hmm. um, or taking time to explore. Um, one's own body, maybe this person's never had a had a chance or hasn't taken opportunities to look at their body, especially, you know, a, a woman, you know, making sure that she takes the time to understand her body, to share that with her spouse and partner. And if there's any sore spots, uncomfortable spots, you know, emotionally, I mean, th- those are discussed and talked about. Mm-hmm. This is super hard for me. I am sitting here in the bedroom with you, Full on naked, you're looking at my body, and I'm not even fully comfortable with it. This mm. is super strange for me, and to not run from those things but to to
0: roll with that. I love that, and to really those those fearful spots to be able to at the get-go beginning of your relationship open up and just bring it bring it with you and talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, so there's this some cool research that looks at older individuals that have said throughout their life, they've had a, a fulfilling sex life. And the, the number one thing that has led to that is that they've been adaptive and flexible. And I think that we can start that, we can plant the seeds of that early on in the honeymoon stage where they they get into their sexual relationship in an adaptive, flexible, you know, unassuming um, sort of way and that sets the stage for future sexual encounters, the next sexual encounters that that they're going to have.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about after play. What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, so I I am always shocked when couples will come in, they'll talk about their presenting problems and kind of what their sexual relationship looks like. And as soon as the sexual encounter is over, quote unquote over, meaning that somebody has an orgasm they both do, or they're both frustrated or one's frustrated, whatever, kind of closes the physical like penetration or whatever it may be that they're doing, the couple will usually roll over, maybe take a second or two, go clean up because it's messier than what is portrayed everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and then they'll kind of go about their normal business, but after play, I think is just as important as foreplay, which is just as important as what happens during the quote unquote main event of, you know, penetration or whatever the couple's doing oral sex. And so, a lot of times after play, what that will look like for people is laying there, looking in each other's eyes, holding each other, uh, you know, maybe caressing each other, maybe sexual stimulation still, but to a different extent where it's not as much performance based typically for people, but more just based on uh, connection and physiological pleasure and just be with each other in this really vulnerable maybe highly erotic, pleasurable moment, I guess, in the coattails of that moment.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I I call that afterglow a little bit. I like the afterplay word. But what happens because men often get really sleepy after they have an orgasm. How can you do that very extensively when a man gets really tired after sex?
1: Yeah. And you're definitely right. I mean, there are chemicals that go on where it's like, I just feel like it took a sedative. I am i don't even know <laughs> if I can make it back to the bed from the bathroom. Um, but I think it's definitely possible for, for them to have the afterplay. Sure. And I think that just like we're talking about the honeymoon, kind of exploring, experimenting with different things, like what works for us, what does our sexual culture look like, I think is really important And there's a lot of vulnerable moments that come into play that for a lot of people, they'll rush through and try to figure out how can I shield myself from those vulnerable moments. And then they'll create a sexual culture that is really something that's different than what they actually want, Mm -hmm. than both of them actually want. But I think that um, some things that are easy for the couple to do is just spending just even a couple of moments mm-hmm. where after, let's say it's a the pinnacle sexual encounter, they both have an orgasm at the same time, <laughs> and they're you know they're on cloud nine, which is not a, a typical sort of thing for people to do. But let's just say in this this world that that happens for the couple, and they're feeling good about it. Take a couple moments to to look at the other person in their eyes, maybe even as you're in that sexual position and, you know, caress their face, play with their hair, kiss their cheeks softly, you know, just be with them for even a couple of moments, maybe lovingly softly caress their, their arms, just letting them know that I see you mm. and I'm here with you. And it wasn't just about that, that amazing orgasm or, you know, us hanging from the chandeliers or whatever it was <laughs> that we were doing. Um, but that was fun and great that's the the thrill but uh or the frill I guess I should say the frill and the thrill of it was this connection Mm -hmm. this you know it was us it was feeling seen and letting you see me Mm -hmm. and I think that can be done in even just a couple moments and then they can you know hobble over to the to the bathroom or whatever they they need to do a rollover and you know, conk
0: out. <laughs> That's. I love the, the beautiful softness of what you're talking about. And I often think that this is such a sweet time to also, you know, bring up a little bit about what we just shared and what you enjoyed and what you hope you try again and, and to talk a little bit about what you've just shared together. This is just a perfect ideal spot to, to be able to do that softly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think... um well, I know anecdotally, I've I, I know that it's easier to have sex than to talk about sex, and mm-hmm. I think that that's a really good time to do some of those things that I described and those, some of those things that you described. Where okay, now let's now we've been super vulnerable. Let's stay there mm-hmm. a couple a couple seconds longer, and we can we can do this. And then it creates this culture in the in the couple relationship where we can have these really vulnerable conversations, and they don't always have to be things like well, I didn't really like this or that. Like you said, it could be, this was really cool Mm -hmm. or this is what this meant to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that it's a little easier to have some of those conversations, especially when we've got that oxytocin that's going through us and we feel really bonded and connected. Um, You may be like, oh, I would never have said that. Um, I would... Hope that I would say that, mm-hmm. but I would never say that because it's so hard for me to be vulnerable in other situations, but I'm really glad that I did. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I expressed that to him or to her.
0: I love that. I really think I hadn't ever thought of the idea where you put the frill is all of the, the sexual experiences or events. That's the frill, but the thrill is the connection and the, the depth of the relationship. I just think that's yes. perfect perfect. Yeah.
1: And I think that that's, you know, kind of circling back to the topic of the the podcast, you know, these honeymoons, I think that a couple can step into that honeymoon phase and, and even that honeymoon night and think, okay, the real thing, the, the, the thrill for us is going to be this connection. Mm -hmm. So whatever we do sexually, if I focus on that connection, then we'll be good. And then Maybe there'll be some frill stuff that will be hanging from the chandeliers or, (laughs) you know, maybe one of us does have an orgasm or maybe what, you know, we'll fill in the blank. But I think that that could be a good thing for couples Mm. to step into Mm -hmm. and start creating that culture right at the get go of
0: their relationship. I love that. That is so good. So good. I hope those that are listening in are learning so much from Anthony today. So as we kind of wrap up today, Anthony, tell us a little bit about some of your books and your products and the things that you have written to help people.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing some re- some research at BYU, some anecdotal sort of research um, on sexuality. But I think the stuff that people like to read, mm-hmm. um, if they're not um, academics and want to bore themselves with a huge literature-, literature review. I wrote a book called You, Me, and We, and a-, a lot of people tend to like that. I just kind of cut right to the chase. This is the stuff that's really important, but I do so in a reverent, respectful way for, mm-hmm. uh, for members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I, I try to push that because I think that that's so helpful for couples because they can quickly, more quickly move therapy if they consume that material earlier on. And it's a lot less than going to therapy for multiple sessions. For sure. That stuff, yes. You know, yes. um, we have a Instagram covenant therapy also that we produce some, some good material on there so people can follow us and like our stuff and check that out.
0: Yeah. Do you have an app? Do you still do your app?
1: Um, we do, but I'm trying to modify that so that it can be available to more more users. But, yeah, so it's sexual healing is the the name of the app, and mm-hmm. we're in the process of modifying that right now. Um, we're also doing some sexual uh, education curriculum. But you can jump on our website if you're old school like me and you don't (laughs) just do Instagram and social media, covenantsextherapy.com, and see some of those things that we're up to.
0: We will. Thank you so much. So as I wrap up today, I, I like to ask my guests to tell my listeners their why. And I asked you to think a little bit about this. So, Anthony, can you tell us what your why is?
1: Yeah, so my why in just generally focusing on being in this field, is that there's not a more, to me, more sacred calling or sacred duty than to work on the sexual relationship of couples, because that affects their eternal progression, that affects their family's eternal progression. And if we can strengthen an aspect of a couple relationship, then we can strengthen all the stuff that I think that we're down here for and that really matters in the long run when we're, you know, when we're in heaven so that's why I do yeah. it.
0: That So I'm hearing your why is largely, if we can have couples really integrating themselves into one another sexually, it's going to help every other aspect of their lives.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Happier homes, happier children, just a overall better sense of wellness.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the sexual relationship is one of the top reasons why couples will get divorced inside and outside of the church. And so if we can strengthen that, it's going to strengthen their overall. There's a strong connection with sexual satisfaction and overall couple satisfaction. It'll strengthen their relationship. That'll strengthen their their relationships and bonds with their kids, and that that affects us into the eternities. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, I, I just think it's a an awesome thing to be able to do to focus on something that matters so much more than just here on this earth and in these moments.
0: Right. I love that. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh my goodness, this has been so helpful.
1: Thank you. Happy to do it.
0: Thank you so much. For all of those that listened in, I hope that you'll check Anthony out. Look at covenanttherapy.com or check out the Instagram site. I love his book you me and we it's one that i've owned i haven't looked at it for a little while but it is a very good one and i know that it can be helpful for you as you move into being married and learning to find the thrill of connection in your relationships thanks for tuning in today now go out and live your why